Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you're with us and looking forward to finishing uh, chapter number 25. I say this too often, but John, this may be my favorite pa- passage in 1 Samuel. I mean, it is such a great unfolding story with Abigail. Oh, it sure is, Pastor. And as we go through these chapters, I, I have the same feeling. Oh, this is my favorite chapter in this book because they, they're so rich, all of these. How a person can say the Bible is boring, uh, they're really not paying attention to scriptures like these. It is just exciting to see what happens and unfolds. And, and Abigail is just one of those people that I, re- I really feel as if we don't talk about her enough. Yes. Th- this, this passage of Scripture is so instructive from so many different standpoints. It really bears uh, study on, on the part of God's people. Verse number 36, so Abigail has protested to David humbly. David has received her words, and tragedy has been averted, but the story is not over. So verse number 36, Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore, she told him nothing less or more until the morning light. So Nabal knows nothing yet of the approaching David, knows nothing of the conversation with Abigail, nothing of the brush with death that he just had. And he has been at home throwing this massive feast, all of this excess. Now think of it. He didn't have enough supply to give David's men what they requested, but boy, he's had plenty to throw himself a feast. This is further just demonstrating the kind of man Nabal was. Oh, it sure is, Pastor. And I didn't want to read too much into this, but I find it interesting that Abigail's not there, but there's no indication that Nabal inquires where she's at. I mean, this guy is one who's focused on himself. He feeds himself, takes care of himself. He really is a man who's just a selfish individual. And he is stone drunk. And Abigail wants to tell him what happened, but you know what Abigail knows? He's not going to remember it. He's in no position. He's in no position when he's sober, uh, let, let alone when he's drunk. Look at verse number 37. But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and it became as a stone. Don't you love the Bible language? Oh, it sure is, Pastor. And I think how God, it is God now who's doing the work. It is not David taking vengeance. Abigail was exactly right when she told David, let God be the one who takes care of this. God will take care of your enemies. And Nabal is realizing, oh my, they were coming to attack me. The night that I was partying should have been the night of my death. The night when I was drinking wine to the full and eating to my heart's content and laughing and partying, and that was the night that I would have died had it not been for the intervention of Abigail. And honestly, his heart should have melted here. 
He, he shouldn't have become as a stone hardened. He should have become pliable and wow, the goodness of God leadeth me to repentance. You know, what we ought to be reading now is Nabal gets on his donkey and rides out to David and please forgive me and here's more and we will care for you and I am so sorry. He, he should have done all of that. But we don't read any of that, do we? No, we sure do not. It's just further testament to what his character really is like. Verse number 38, And it came to pass about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal that he died. So he goes into this shock in verse number 37, just total shock and anxiety. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it medically, but he is just not the sa- ever the same and he lingers like that for those 10 days. And you just wonder what goes through the mind of a stubborn, cold-hearted, hard-hearted man in those 10 days of life. That is a good question, Pastor. And I, you know, it's interesting to see what he would have, to think about what he would have thought of. Of course, we don't know, obviously, but we, we, we have read in history many people who face similar things who in their dying days have expressed great regret. Going back to what you said last episode, you know, I'm sorry that I did that or I'm glad that I did that. Uh, Nabal would have had to have known his life had not been one lived for God. You know, every day that God gives us is 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 a day of mercy. You know, his mercies are new every morning. And we look at these 10 days, these are days of mercy. These are days when Nabal had time to consider he had time to contextualize. And it's, it's see, the implication to me, John, is that Nabal remained in his hardened, stubborn, stone-like defiance, and God took him. God took, the, the, the Bible teaches, he that being often reproved hardeneth his heart shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. You know, as I think about God's judgment in his life, I think it's just been it's just been a short time ago that Nabal thought he had the upper hand, thought he was the guy in charge, he was one who was the master. But how quickly things have changed. And it reminds me in our lives today that we may, may be in circumstances where it seems like everything is against us, so to speak. Uh, there is no hope, but there always is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he has for us. And circumstances can change so dramatically, so quickly in life. We see that throughout the Bible. Think of Joseph, Daniel, many others, where things change radically quickly as God works in the affairs of people. Verse number 39, And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and hath kept his servant from evil, for the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. You know, it, it's interesting in, in Hollywood or, you know, in, in, in novels and good, good reading, you know, the, the hero always gets the girl. <laughs> and, you know, David, by obeying the Lord here, it, God blesses him above and beyond what he could ask or think. First of all, he obeyed the counsel that God gave through Abigail, and God took care of the situation. He didn't have to avenge himself of Nabal. God did. 
So God did exactly what Abigail suggested God would do. And second of all, through this episode, David was able to see the character and the beauty of this woman, Abigail, and she became his wife. And he had this wonderful companion now in life because of, and he never would have had her. Had he gone and destroyed Nabal's household, he would have missed this blessing. As I think of this whole chapter, Pastor, I think of what a pivotal chapter it is in David's life. I think that's why God gives us so many details about, this is a a rather lengthy chapter, but God gives us so many details because this is a very pivotal point. Had David made the wrong decision here and wiped out Nabal and all all the men, part of the family, the servants and the household and so forth, it would have been a terrible episode in David's life. But God used Abigail and what just a great emphasis this is on how one person can change the situation by having wisdom and being proactive in what they're doing. So now Abigail and David are together, verse 40. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. Well, there's, there's a good wedding proposal. You know, <laughs> David didn't come get on one knee and give her a big old shining rock. He sent a delegation to say, hey, listen, you're coming now. You're David's wife. Verse number 40, 41, and she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. I mean, this lady, just when you think she has shined most brightly, shines more brightly again. Her response is not one of, well, I deserve this. Her response is not even, I don't deserve David, although I think that's her her feeling, but let me serve the servants of David. What a response. What do these men, these servants of David, think about her? She has to be the most respected woman in the entire camp. Well, that is for sure. I mean, she is she is a wealthy woman. She was the wife of Nabal. Obviously, she, you know, together, he was the master, obviously the owner of the house, so to speak. But she was the wife. She, as that family, would have been used to finery, would have been used to a lot of plenty. Um, but what a servant's heart she has to say, I will wash the servant's feet. She truly is a humble-hearted individual. And, you know, she's she's going from palatial living to vagabond living. She's going to a group. I mean, there she is, kind of the rose among thorns with all of these kind of dysfunctional guys that are following David and they're wandering from place to place, but she's content. Look at verse number 42. And Abigail hasted. Every time you see Abigail acting, she's acting in immediacy. She arose, she rode upon her donkey with five damsels of hers that went after her, and she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they were also both of them his wives. And Saul had given Michael, his daughter, David's wife, to Falti, the son of Laish, which was of Galim. So kind of a a confusing uh, and disappointing end to chapter 25 is the Bible says, almost as a footnote, and David also took this wife. Jezreel was located right close by, so it seems like at this time he took another wife to himself. And the Bible indicates, but he had already been given a wife, 
by Saul, Michael, remember that story way back when, but Michael had, in spite, been given by Saul to another man by the name of Faulty. So, you know, God never endorsed multiple marriages in the Bible. Uh, he winked at it. Uh, it's not the, the same situation today. We, we, we're very clear what the Bible teaches about marriage, one man, one woman for life. But, you know, what do you, in closing today, John, what do you make of that? You know, I see here how that, you know, the God has the writer of this book just give us the details about David's marriage. Uh, a, a man like David in his kind of position, it would not have been uncommon to have multiple wives, particularly as he becomes king, uh, which Abigail knew he was headed toward that someday. Um, and David's culture accepted this. It didn't make it right. Um, but David did marry multiple wives, obviously. Um, but we always see throughout scripture, we find men take multiple wives, Jacob, you know, no matter who it's going to be, uh, we find David here. There always are family problems when there are multiple wives. Exactly right. That's right. right. Yeah. And the Bible specifically said, Deuteronomy 17, this is long before God even endorsed Israel having a king, but knowing she would want a king one day, said a a king should not multiply wives to himself. It's going to cause problems. David's ignoring that stipulation. And I wonder if David does not create in his heart almost a desire that is not easily fulfilled with without you know having another woman another woman and you wonder if some of this is not prelude to a really bad decision he's going to make one day with Bathsheba I'll leave that up to conjecture uh, we can't be dogmatic where the Bible is silent uh, what we do know in chapter 25 is that uh, this wife Abigail is a godly woman and a woman that should be emulated by women everywhere and appreciated by everybody. So I hope that uh, is a blessing. Hope you have a great day today, whatever you're doing. And we look forward to getting together next episode for chapter number 26. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.